Hello, welcome to an order a drive through record. Is that what we said we were calling it? Yeah. An order a drive through record. Cool. We'll keep confusion in the final video as well. Andrew. Uh, we, we may change that name sporadically. <laughs> so, you know. It's just a different name every week. It's like an order a drive through record, the YouTube series formerly known as ordering at drive through records. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, since this is your brain child, what is an order at Drive-Thru Records? Okay, well, um, a few, a couple of years ago, I decided it would be a fun idea to write in a review of every single Drive-Thru Records album. Was that a fun idea? <laughs> two. For two of them it was. <laughs> For about two or three it was fun. After that it became a massive chore. Um, but we decided, myself and Tom B here, no money Andrew in the Marsh, bank. Tom B, no money in the bank, represent. Oh. Um, uh, we, we we're we're so white. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are whiter than Mick Hucknall right now. He's a very white man. But we decided it would be a fun idea to go back through each review and just have a little retrospective of that particular album and talk a little bit about that particular drive-through records release. Would you say that's... That's fair, yeah, because I never got to listen to the first, like, 15 or so that you did, and a lot of that is Scar, which I liked more than you, so... Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it that you dislike Scar? It's like, I can never remember how you feel about it. Yeah. Or is yeah, it that you like Scar, you just don't think anyone's as good as Lesson Jake? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very accurate, succinct way of putting it. I, I, do, I do like some Scar. I like Less Than Jake. I like Real Big Fish to an extent. Um, and I like quite a bit of Scar, but I wasn't into like Captain Bollock Fandangle or... Captain Bollock's Fandangle. <laughs> I mean, Fandangle were an actual Scar band. They were very good. <laughs> Or, uh, Come on, try and make up a scar name. Try and make up a scar name. <laughs> uh, Soapy Titwank. What Soapy Titwank, that's a good one. Tom Hanks for the memories. Tom Hanks for the memories. Bugs Bunny's fluffy left testicle. <laughs> Blood 182. Yeah. That's taken. <laughs> chessboard. I wasn't into the chessboard vans. I wasn't, I wasn't massively into scar. But there's a lot of scar that I do like. But by the same token, I also do retain the right to take the piss mercilessly out of Tom's love of Scar whenever <laughs> I... It's not a love of Scar. It's like Scar, it's Scar was probably like... Scar was what got me into pop punk and stuff. I kind of did it in the wrong order. So as I was a 15-year-old who really fucking loved Scar. And when I went to uni, I got a little bit obnoxious with it. And I, I always think I've grown out of Scar and then... Um, summer comes around and it's sunny outside. I'm just like, nope, I'm just going to listen to nothing but trumpets for the next three months. Yeah, yeah. Nothing but trumpets, that's another star band. Nothing but trumpets. <laughs> nothing but trumpets and their side project, Five Trombones. Yeah. Uh, sax Appeal. <laughs> sax Appeal, that's got to be a real one. That must be a real one, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, clarinet. I thought, I, I thought I'd come up with a pun as I said it, and yeah, I, I didn't, so I just said the word clarinet and hoped. <laughs> that was the end. That was all it was, clarinet. 
butterfly like clarinet. <laughs> They're like a prog rock ska band clarinet. <laughs> I would listen to a prog rock ska band. No, I would uh, too. I mean, RS bandits in a way. Yeah, yeah. But that does feed into what we're doing today quite well because I wasn't quite aware of how um, integral ska was to the first few years of Drive Through Records until I had to start listening to this stuff. How many star albums did you have to listen to? <clears throat> A good 16 out of 20. So what's like, wait, can you explain Drive Through Records in terms of why they're important enough to do this? I suppose, yeah. Um, Drive Through Records was a record label from Southern California. In born and the, raised. Yeah, born and raised on the playground where they spent most of their days chilling out nights. They won't do the whole thing. Perhaps not all while playing some trumpets outside the school. When a couple of guys had checkboard bands on. <laughs> Started making trouble with my gelled bouffant. I got in real big fish and real fish got scared. They said, I'd love to be a ska band, but I'm too debonair. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just goes into bid it up, bid it up, bid it up, bid it up, and it's, you know, porn section kicks in. Exactly. Um, it might sound like we're riffing right now just because of the safety of being on video. We do this on stage all the time. It has to be said. So this is... <laughs> This is an authentic No Money in the Bank show right now. <laughs> yeah, we've never, we've never ran under because we just get distracted all the time. Yeah, we're going to get t-shirts that say never ran under on. Did we do <laughs> t-shirts? No, there's no t-shirts. Sometimes in life there's t-shirts. <laughs> you can't just repeat jokes that we have on a video already. <laughs> <laughs> there's no t-shirts. <laughs> right, so drive for records, go. Let's not get distracted. Drive for records, go. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so Drive Through Records was a, a record label from Southern California in the late 90s, early 2000s. And basically, they, when pop punk was really popular, they were quite instrumental in doing a lot of the albums from that time that became quite big. Um, they took the sound of Enema of the State, so it was pop, it was punk music, but the sheen and the production on it is very smooth. So it was like this, it was the most perfect combination of punk and pop. And uh, I mean, it, one of the Drive Through Records l label albums is called Kings of Pop by Homegrown. It was, it was just quite, quite an important time for pop punk. Is that yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I see um I always see drive through a lot like a kind of like like a like a fat records but with like more mass appeal. Yeah. Well so, I mean probably with less mass appeal, but a lot a, a lot like drive through a lot like um fat wreck, but instead of just real punk it was like imagine the backstreet boys playing pop punk. That was a lot of the drive through kind of catalogue. <laughs> Yeah, and it's I'm the one of those ones where I had that proper like flash in the fire moment, like uh, like, yeah. like all record labels we like. It's like it's a drive through. It's been Fat Wreck. Um, it's probably I'd argue Decadence as well. Yeah, just that kind of like that sweet five year period where they just had every band that you loved as a teenager on their label at the same time. Just like drive through was like newfound glory. Definitely, who else was on it that we'd love? 
Okay, so you had, I mean, Newfound Glory put their first release out on drive through uh, the starting line. Uh, Dashboard Confessional put a release out on drive through. Um, Phoenix TX, Alistair. Home. Oh, Alistair, fuck, of course. Yeah. Um, just, just for like a solid three-year period, there was a lot of great releases, which is what I was intending to do when I started writing that column, was writing about these great releases. But you just thought it would be well, nothing but great releases, like they were a perfect ratio label. Exactly. I thought it would be bang, <laughs> banger after banger. It's not. <laughs> and, oh. no, and no, an awful no, lot of compilations as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of compilations. No disrespect to any of these bands, but Drive Through had a sweet three-year period. Yeah. But the point earlier, the first couple of years and the last couple of years, there's oh god. <laughs> um. So we we're going to talk about the first ever Drive Through. Records release, aren't we, Tom? In 1997, um, with a date that we can't find the exact date. We've tried really hard, but we can't find the yeah. exact date. So this was released in 1997, catalog number one. Mm-hmm. And it is Cousin Oliver 818, but 818 is in parenthesis because they're cool. I can't make that joke too much because we do that with a no, in no money in the bank. So yeah. I'm going to shithead about it. Can we just can we just can we just take people back to 1997 for a minute? <laughs> the summer of Scar. The summer of Scar led into the death of Diana in September 1997. Don't uh, blame Scar for the death of Princess Di, mate. That's. I mean, I I, I really think I, I I do. <laughs> just like there's a pattern there, and it can't be denied. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. What else? What else happened in 1997? Um, I started high school. Fuck off. Yeah. I forget you're older than me. September 97, I started high school. Started high school in September 2001. Not much else happened that year. So. Makes sense. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about the death of Princess Diana at that? Do you remember that happening? I remember, it's, it's my first memory of like a major news event. Yeah, oh really? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd have been, I'd have been seven one and you, you know what memory's like at the best of times and it is like that pretty much throughout my entire life. I'm just a forgetful man. <laughs> um, uh, do, you feel, do you feel that there was any conspiracy involved with the death of Princess Diana or do you think... I heard, I, I heard a rumour that she had slagged off um, the band Slapstick, who... Oh, um, my God. Yeah, she slagged off Slapstick, um, who, of course, famously had the bassist from Alkaline Trio in them because I loved the fact that he used to be in a star band. But Slapstick were actually the Queen's favourite star punk band. Yeah, no, I like, Of it. all time. She was just like, Metalhead in a car park was her jam. <laughs> and... Yeah, so, no. I so I suppose you could say Scar did lead to the demise of Princess Di. Yeah, and if if you actually go into the wreckage of that car crash, um, she's 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 listening to Oasis and not Slapstick, and and that's a big tell that she wasn't in friends with the Queen at the time. So, because the Queen hated Oasis. 
Yeah, the queen. The the queen was pure scar. <laughs> Whereas Princess Diana was, you know, <laughs> Britpop. She was pure Brit, pure Britpop. She she didn't believe in the in the infighting and the scene. It's like she liked Oasis and Blur. Yeah. Whereas the and queen would listen to it. Was just like, mate, this needs this needs a sax section right now. What's the sax appeal of this band? Whereas. Uh, Prince Charles at the time was pure descendants, so he he was out. On <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he was. He was all about it. just kind of walking. Go, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, listen to this fart sampling. <laughs> yeah, no, I heard that. I did hear. That. Yeah. So the year is nineteen ninety-seven. Um, Princess Diana has tragically died for bad mouthing the band Slapstick. And he died for scar-related reasons. <laughs> What it was a star crash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the end. That's the end of the, the thing. Star crash. Good night. <laughs> 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 Fucking star crash, mate. <laughs> that's that's going to be the name of our third show. Right, we've done the pop punch show. I want my star show. <laughs> no money in the bank. Star crash. There was trombone spoon all over the street. It was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here is nineteen ninety-seven. Princess Diana has died. Andrew Marsh has just snapped in high school. Um, and popular band. So popular in fact that if you search for this album name on Google Images, our website is the first thing that comes up. Yeah. From, the, from the review we did of it. Cousin Oliver have released 818. Now, I've, I've got some feelings about 818. Okay. It doesn't need to be 19 tracks long, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, gee, it's exactly an hour, which at first I thought was like really impressive. And then I finally got to the last track, and it does that thing that I've not seen an album do for ages, where it's just like, that's the final track. And then, like, there's brutalist, like, two minutes of silence. I mean, just like, and now the bonus track. And this actually yeah. has two bonus tracks as well. Like, one of them is them just shit-faced in the recording studio, which, quite frankly, I can get behind. Yeah. And the second one is, like, I think it's, like, Ghosts of Metal Head Past or something like that. And it's, it's like, it's, it doesn't have a title from what I can find, but they, like, say Ghosts of Metal Past in the song, so that's just what I've got down as in my notes. Yeah. And it's, like, and it... It's pure pain for pleasure. It's like really, really, it really reminds me of the pain for pleasure stuff they did, uh, Sum 41. And right. this album also has a song called Chuck, so therefore I think that Cousin Oliver are Sum 41's key influence. Yes, but my, my understanding of that track is that it's a reference to Charlie Brown. Ah, well, this entire, <clears throat> their entire shit is reference based. It's like Cousin Oliver's a Brady Bunch character. Yeah, can you imagine having a whole show that's reference-based, Tom? That would no, be just, yeah. no, that'd be that'd be uh, awful. Uh, no one, no one would go. Uh, people on people on the Ed Fringe website would be real angry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I do like that they named their band after a trope, which is in no way a good way to name your band. Because like, yeah. I this from TV tropes I come. It's like Cousin Oliver is that inexplicable kid added to the show's roster, usually an attempt to line up an aging cast with a character the younger demographics can supposedly relate to. 
So it's like Trevor Oliver is what I've always referred to as Blues Brothers 2000 Inc. Yes. We just like, this is shit. We don't know what to do. Throw in a child. Just chucking someone else. Yeah. yeah, just like, we'll just, we'll foot this in. People might like it. It can breathe some life into it. And it's like, why would you name your band that? <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, well, you know, the scene is stagnant, so we're going to be the annoying children of the South Cali star scene. <laughs> annoying children would actually be a better name than Cousin Oliver. Annoying children is what I'm going to call my band. Yeah. Annoying Tom, oh, no, Tom B and the Annoying Children. Annoying children is what we're going to adopt when we realise we're single and we need to raise people. <laughs> oh, I'm not raising a child. It's, it'd get every we, issue to do with me. <laughs> we have this conversation. We have to raise some children to get... Why do we have to raise children? I don't know. It just sounds fun, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. There is, I can't look after myself, Andrew. My girlfriend doesn't want to have kids, and I'm not sure I want to, so the best way to do that is just raise them with my best friend instead. <laughs> like, an, like an adopted by wolves situation. Yeah. <laughs> just like I was raised by these two alcoholic comedians. <laughs> you don't know what it was like, man, there in the wilderness, going to open mics on a Sunday till 11pm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on Cousin Oliver's 818? Um, I think I, I can't, I haven't done much research, so I'm going off memory, but I think Drive Through Records initially exclusively became a record label just to release this record. Really? I think so. Yeah. I'd need to cross-reference that with some actual facts but well, just like in post we'll just put like allegedly in the bottom of the screen yeah. there or something just every time just like we'll have a fact check banner <laughs> yeah peter pan sang backing vocals fact check uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um so yeah i think so this was the first release i didn't realize how Scar drive through was to start with until I listened to this. It's very scar, isn't it? It's you very said this scar. is very yeah. like, I'd have fucking loved this if I'd heard it when I was fifteen. Yeah, no, to be like, fair. Right um, right down to the casual misogyny of the lyrics. It's yeah. Because like, it's that proper kind of like late nighty star of just like hating women to a catchy tune. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, like I've written down some of these fucking lyrics. It's no, shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've written the same one as you to start with. Is it share or is it head? Because those are the two worst. Share. Uh, oh. Yeah. So you, you say the first lyric that you think, and I'll put the second lyric on. Um, so mine is like it's it's technically five lyrics. It's just how part of the verse. Little girl hides all the pain with my yep. friends. She's made a name. She only loves me for my cash. I only love her for that ass. She's yeah. a whore, but I don't care. She's a love I've learned to share. <laughs> it's, yeah. that's, it's fucking awful, isn't it? <laughs> that's horrible. It's very I mean, that's just specifically, if you really boil it down, it's just those. Um, she only loves me for my cash. I only love her for that ass. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a bold, it's a bold rhyming structure. <laughs> it's bold. It it is actually a shame because 
I listened to that song for the first time in a while today, and, and to be honest, in terms of a melody, it's catchy as fuck. It's probably the if you take away those specific lyrics, it's probably the best song on the whole album. It would, be, yeah. I I wrote down the same thing. It's like it'd be a phenomenal instrumental. Yeah. Like it'd be a really fun, like starry kind of really catches the vibe of that like nighty star scene over in California. Yeah. But then you listen to it and you're just like, oh no, <laughs> no. You really do have to. You do have to just kind of rein it in and. But it was a different time. I'm not excusing those lyrics, but what I would say is that nearly every pop punk ska band at that time, and for another five years onwards, longer, longer than five years onwards. I, I think I think pop punk's only just started getting out of that, like within the last maybe ten years. Probably less. Actually, yeah. You know. Like, because I mean, like even like even stuff like modern baseball, which is a bit more mental healthy and progressive, is still just like, oh, this girl just doesn't like me like I wanted to like me. Yeah, which isn't as offensive as say Blink One Eight Two's "I Need a Girl That I Can Train." Yes, which yeah. I love Blink. You know, like, we both love Blink, but that is a fucking horrible lyric. And that that was two years after this, you know, it yeah. was still still massively in the crux of these horrible lyrics. Um, I think you've got head written down as well, which for the round, like we're going to be playing little bits of the songs that we talked about on this anyway. But that song opens with blowjob sounds, which is <laughs> which is like it's like you start playing head, and the first kind of like sound you hear is mm, it's, it's, it's borderline descendants. It is, and yeah. And there's some stuff in this that actually does sound like The Descendants, so I, but I'll get on to that in a minute. Mm. But, oh, did you, I think you made, what's the lyric of head that you don't like? Because I know that you've probably made the same one as me. I haven't written head down, to be honest. Ah, I've just got waiting for some chick to go down on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a different time, isn't it? I think this is one of like lyrically, this is a fucking problematic album. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, ev- basically, every band at this point, and for a good five or six years later, would sing about girls in quite a derogatory way. Yeah. I don't think singing about girls specifically is necessarily a bad thing, because you know you're talking about relationships. But the way that it, it's just very blunt and it's 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 kind of nasty, you know. Well, it, it, it's incredibly nasty. It's, it's uh, not about, do you know what? Like Newfound Glory sing about, and obviously they run dry. So Newfound Glory sing a lot of songs about girls, but not to the extent where you're just ripping the piss out of a girl just for not going out with you. And I was like, there's this, this whole thing in part, and it like goes all the way up to Fall Out Boy and stuff like that, where it's like putting women on a pedestal and then completely like doing everything in their power to like tear them down from that pedestal as soon as like they don't reciprocate interest. Yeah. Like, um, like um, I'm just a not notching your bedpost, but you're just aligning this song. Is yeah. like is a proper just like fuck you. I'm famous, so I'm just trying to slank you off in this for yeah. not sucking my willy twice. I don't know. 
Uh, that, was a, that was a weirdly animated rant to slip the word Willy into, <laughs> now that I think about it. You just want <laughs> Willy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesse Lacey and Brand New had a song about going to a bar on ladies' night and just specifically being there to pick up girls that they hate. Yeah, but also Jesse Lacey, Brand New. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, man, the man was trash. He was. Right, didn't we get really drunk one day and Google the exact intricacies of the brand new thing to see if we could still listen to them? Yeah, no, I think we probably... Yeah, yeah. We, it's something we yeah. would have done. And spoiler, uh, boy, we, we can't. <laughs> no, can't. I think the general rule is most bands were singing problematic lyrics, but the ones that have really taken the shit and basically had to take a back seat in music are the ones that it's been ascertained that they've actually done some pretty shitty yeah. things. That's because you hear you hear shitty things about almost everybody on the scene from like from on this scene. Like they're yeah. all just fame amongst the scene can I can turn you into a quite shitty person, apparently. Yeah. But Enough about the sad stuff in our scene. Have you got any more thoughts on the album? Um, Let's try and find a good thing. <laughs> what? You know, I, I think Losing Streak by uh, Less Than Jake came out a couple of years before this. Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to find out while you keep talking. But yeah, you could fact, fact, fact check that. And also... <laughs> when, uh, also, whether Peter Pan was involved with Jesse Lacey's sex scandal. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't. I doodled that beforehand. It's a theory you've shared before. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're right. Losing Street came out two years later, um, 1996, on Capitol Records. Yeah, so Losing Street came out before this. Hello. What's he called? Oliver. What's he called? What's the record called? <laughs> Cousin Oliver, 818. Yeah, it came out one year before. Um. So I, I think you can really tell there's that losing streak by New, Less Than Jake is quite an influential kind of sound on this on this record. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think the thing that I found really weird about the record is, like, part, partly because it's so dense in terms of how much is in there, it feels like one or two albums kind of like mushed together like they didn't believe they would ever get the chance to release a record again so they just threw everything they had at this yeah because like you've got like really you've got really pop pop punk star heavy stuff you've got really um there's that like country through summer is a fucking rock and roll track yeah which like halfway through oh no not that one so that's the rock and roll track you've got naked christmas which has kind of like weird hardcore by no no you don't Blah. That bit's getting edited. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's, like, it's got a bit of everything. It's like you've got stuff which is like pure star punk, pure pop punk star. You've got a rock and roll track for some reason that sounds like like the baseballs on Con Through Summer. You've got a Christmas song which halfway through suddenly turned into a Red City Radio song for some reason. <laughs> just like I don't know why it's just it's not about this naked Christmas and then halfway through it goes it's a naked Christmas <laughs> <laughs> this is my smoke and gravel punk voice yeah um, I don't not I don't, <laughs> yeah, whatever 
<laughs> I don't I don't know who produced produced this album. But there's fucking eighteen tracks and then two bonus tracks. Nineteen so tracks and two bonus tracks. And and every there's a lot of very different different kind of themes and different kind of styles of music in there. It's it's an absolute like you can't you can't accuse them of um, of being in one pigeonhole. <laughs> no, but by the same token, maybe that would have been a better thing if someone said stick to the things you do well. And yeah. Do, 12 song album yeah just do a 12 because in my opinion this is like a pure star album and it's like they are a star band and they sound like a star band and the stuff which is super like summer of star 97 is yeah. really solid at least musically if, like if even if the lyrics are a bit shaky yeah but Whereas, I mean, and, and the stuff that sounds a bit like the descendants ain't too bad yeah no, I mean, there's some good things there, but that's what I mean. You, you should just take the best bits and keep them together. My, my understanding of a producer is they come in and really try and hone the best bits of an album. Yeah. They don't just come in and go, how many songs you got? 18. Fine. Fucking go for it. Like, <laughs> we, we could produce an album if that was the kind of criteria. <laughs> oh, we should produce an album. Well, we're, we're doing the uh, Phoebe Buffet thing. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, we are actually, we actually are just saying, go for it to people. Yeah, and the thing is, I would genuinely like check like who produced this album and not what role is, but this album doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. No, I know. We, it's, I don't know what to say about cousin Oliver Eight One Eight. Right. So, so I I'm of I'm of the view. <coughs> it's problematic in many ways. Um, some of it sounds a lot like the Vandals, which I really like. Yeah. Like, the stuff, the, the Star stuff, the stuff that sounds like the Vandals is fun and it's got good hooks and I really like it. I just think it could have been shorter and not misogynistic. Like, yeah. But when I listen to this... Produce, like, I keep hammering on about it, but you need a producer who's going to actually produce an album. Yeah. Well, I, when, I, when I listened to this, uh, for the research for this, uh, I was stoned and in the sun. So, yeah. which is the only way to listen to Star, as far as I'm concerned. And and I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's what the band were doing when they wrote this as well. So, that, you know, <laughs> I, I got the authentic experience, just like yeah. a couple of joints at a sunburn. I'm just like, yes, Star. <laughs> Big it up indeed. Life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to it again. Like, no. I, I think I've got everything I need out of it. I think, yeah. To be honest, I got six tracks in and I was like, I get what this is. Yeah. I have listened to it all for the purposes of writing the original review, but when I listened to it this time today, I got six tracks in. I was like, I, you know, I got it. Really. <laughs> I also hate um, I hate anything that has a Christmas song on it, which isn't a Christmas album. Yeah, because I don't I don't want to listen. It's like you with the Simpsons Halloween specials, and you don't watch them outside of Halloween. It's like that, that's my version of it. Yeah, no, you don't want to listen to a, you don't want to be putting on the album and then listen to a Christmas song, especially to like especially today. It's one of the hottest days we've had all year, and I'm just out there, just like it's a day. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Also, you don't you don't want to be putting this album on. Just end it there. End it there. 
it's not a great, um, it's not a greatly positive discussion we've had about Cousin Oliver's 818, Tom. <laughs> it's got good stuff to it. It's not, it, it's not bad. It's just bloated and of its time. Yes. Like if like if I had heard this, if I just if I just I said this earlier, if I discovered this album around about the same time that I discovered like Less from Jake and Real Big Fish and all that when I was like 14, 15. Yeah. I'd have been on this and I could fly on shit. Yeah. It's like I'd have thought it was I'd have thought the lyrics were hilarious. It's like if you listen to this one, it opens with a blowjob sound. How fucking cool is that? This is amazing. But it's like I'm thirty, not fifteen, so I'm just like, can we please have a bit more to it. Rain it in a bit. Yeah, it's like she did your album. It's like yeah, I mean, I know what you. I know it. It does have some good qualities to it. Like, I think they'd be quite a good live band. I think if you went to see Sonic Boom Six, you know when you used to go see Sonic Sonic Boom Six. Oh yeah, when, yeah. When yeah, when you saw Sonic Boom Six at least once a month because they supported everybody. <laughs> yeah. And when they did the headline shows, they had like 12 support acts. Oh, they were so good. I used to love it. I think if Cousin Oliver had been like third on a scar bill. Yeah. Actually, right. Cousin Oliver, kind of like midway, midway up the bill, uh, slammed on 2007. Yeah. Why? That, was that one, the one which was like indoors and you had like Real Big Fish and Paramore as your headliners? Yeah, that was 2007, yeah. yeah. If... Yeah, I, you know, you've like got just, just before the Mad Caddies. Yeah, it's weird how vividly I remember that lineup. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, if you saw this band support the Mad Caddies, you'd you'd have been into it. You'd have had a yeah. welcome time. Yeah, but having said that, it's a fucking thirty-eight song album. <laughs> <laughs> just fifty songs is too many ones. <laughs> Three hundred and twenty-one songs on an album is too many, and the lyrics, you know, very problematic, <laughs> but also of the time. Yeah. So, you know, I I can't say this is, I can't say I love this, but I can't go ahead and say this is absolute trash. No, it's, it's, it's not. It's very it's simply not. Yeah, there's some redeeming elements to it, but having said that, you know, it is um, what it is. If Spotify is anything to show by, it's their only album. Mm-hmm. And there's and also look, there's also no EPs or singles on their Spotify. Which is strange. It really is strange. Like I say, my, my understanding was that Drive Through became a label just to put this out, which, you know, is even more confusing <laughs> and also the only other thing band that called Cousin Oliver that I can find on the internet is a cover band on Facebook with 188 likes and I don't want it to be the same band because that will make me a bit sad <laughs> like the album's not perfect but you don't want to just kind of like swear it out as a cover band in your later years your last post from August 2016 yeah so yeah. That's... So shall we? Um, shall we? I we didn't speak about this previously before we got on air, but shall we? Shall we give it a mark out of uh, ten? Oh yes, mark out of ten. 
We'll do a mark out of ten each, and then we'll combine it to a twenty to an out of twenty for the final one. Okay, so so it's it's like a mark out of ten checkerboard bands. So one checkerboard band, ten checkerboard bands. <laughs> How much would you pick it up? <laughs> yeah. How exactly. many pick it ups on a scale of one to five? Is it picking up or is it picking up, picking up, picking up, picking up, picking up? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, ten out of ten checkerboard bands. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna say four. It's like it's good. It's good. It's competent. It's got decent melodies and harmonies. However, it is of its time, and compared to a lot of the stuff that came out then, quite generic. Yeah. Um, I'd give it four checkerboard vans too. I think. I think you should pretty much put the, hit the nail on the head then. Yeah. Great match into light. Can't wait until we're all right outside and we can do this in person, but we're two meters away from each other. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right, so cousin Oliver, eight one eight, eight out of twenty checkerboard bands, which yeah, isn't good. Is it is it is not good. It is a forty percent approval rating. But it's the first drive-through records release, and it started something beautiful. What's number What's number two on the list? Um, I don't know. Another, another let, me the, let me get the website up, I'll find it. <laughs> uh, oh no. Yeah. All the posts. Oh, I'm so excited for when we get to do uh, Pharmaceutical Bandits. Oh, okay, uh, number, oh. two, number two, which will be next week's episode, obviously, is River Phoenix with the album River Phoenix. Which, as we know, is uh, what Phoenix DX. Did you know that? I, I did. I did know that Phoenix. Phoenix TX. Yeah. So they were River Phoenix, and then River Phoenix died, and River Phoenix's estate. Wait, they were they were so like they died. River Phoenix died after. I thought they. I thought they called themselves River Phoenix as like a horrible joke. They may have done, but either way, I don't know when they became River Phoenix, but who, at some point the estate of River Phoenix told them they had to change the name. <laughs> oh, God. BX. That's a, that's unfortunate, isn't it? <laughs> that's, all right, so that is it the... It is. That's a very exciting drive-through release that we can talk about next time. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. So that has been... And order a drive for records. Please tell me you got that right. Yes. Yay! Yay! Yay. I have been Tom Day. And who have you been? Andrew Marsh. And, uh, no money in the bank. We have a website and all that. It'll be down and, there. Uh, I'm not doing the YouTuber thing. Don't wait, press and subscribe if you want to. I'm not begging you. I'm better than that. And just, just know, Tom, that I only love you for your cash. <laughs> oh, you only love me for my cash well um, why do you love me why do you love me why do i love you well i only love you for that ass Bye, andrew andrew you're a whore but i don't care you're a love that i've learned to share <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> 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 bye